ESPN Radio. What does Deshaun Watson's $230 million guaranteed mean for Lamar Jackson? This is ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Carlin. You can tweet to us at Chris Carlin, at Amber W790. You can also join the conversation on the Canty Call-In line at one 888 say espn That is 888-729-3776. We've been talking about Deshaun Watson resetting the quarterback market and talking about Deshaun Watson generally because of his situation. We did get comments from Roger Goodell addressing Deshaun Watson's situation out of the owners' meetings this week in Palm Beach. But on the Canty call-in line, we've had a caller waiting on hold to ask a question about the Deshaun Watson situation for a very, very long time. So I'm going to go ahead and get to that caller now. David, in Minneapolis, what do you have for us on Deshaun Watson? Uh, Thanks, Amber. I have a question about uh, the attorney that is in the center of the – Deshaun Watson case, Tony Busby, why does he get a pass? I mean, he's been a he's, – he's injected himself into Texas football he's, uh, many times. He's a, really kind of a controversial figure uh, on his own. And, uh, I mean, he's, he lives – there's also a question that he lives next door to the Texas owners. Um, I mean, why does he get a pass? Get a pass for what, though? Well, a lot, right, a lot of people, and it's funny, Chris, because I have people approach me about this all the time, and people often want to talk about Tony Busby, who is the lawyer who represents the 22 women who have filed civil actions against Deshaun Watson. He also represented the 10 women who filed criminal complaints against Deshaun Watson as well. Not all the civil and criminal complaints overlap. And he is a lawyer who is very much out there in the news. He certainly uh, goes after the media attention. He's out there on Instagram. He's a high-profile attorney. And because of that, I think for some reason it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. And I think that people have a hard time understanding when people discuss this with me and they always want to go to the lawyer. They have a hard time understanding that in terms of these civil actions, they are 10 separate cases. They are 10 separate civil actions. Yes, he represents all the women. It doesn't actually matter, though. This isn't a class action lawsuit of any sort. In other words, every single one of these cases is individual and stands alone. It's not normally recommended in law. It's not normally the best legal strategy that everybody be represented by the same attorney necessarily because you want to make sure that you're getting the best representation for yourself. You want to make sure that there's not conflicts there. So often legal advice would be, if you were these alleged victims, might be go seek separate legal counsel. But there's reasons for that. They see Tony Busby's name in the newspaper or on the Internet. I just made myself sound like I'm from the 1930s for some weird reason. Chris Carlin, these women are reading news. I don't know what I'm doing there. They see Tony Busby's name on the Internet and they give him a call because they had a similar situation, a similar experience, allegedly with Deshaun Watson. That's very common in the practice of law. And so I I don't I could never quite understand the ire there. And listen, I understand everybody. Both my parents were lawyers. And when I decided to become a lawyer, my parents told me, Amber, everybody hates a lawyer until they need one. And I know and everybody (laughs) needs one sometime. That's what I was 
my mother's advice. Everybody hates a lawyer until they need one, and everybody needs a lawyer sometime. And it is true, and it is easy to go after the lawyers. And people always forget that a lawyer is just advocating for his or her clients. The lawyer is not the one suing Deshaun Watson. It is the women accusing Deshaun Watson who have filed these lawsuits. Tony Busby is just representation. He is just advocating for them. And he thinks it's best for his legal strategy to be also advocating for his clients publicly. That's just part of how Tony Busby does business, for better or for worse. Yeah, and and when you say he's getting away with it, or why isn't he getting any heat over it, over what? Uh, All he's doing is is just what you said. And look, all right. his job is what is essentially what he's doing. He's doing yeah. his job. And I, I understand that not everybody likes how he's conducting his job. That's a personal preference, how you want to handle it. And it's not how every lawyer handles themselves by any means. What he's saying is that depending on who your lawyer is, because it because it's Tony Busby, well, that takes away some of the credence from some of the claims here. And I that's absurd. And it's ridiculous to even suggest that. You're impeaching not only the integrity of the victims, but of the, that of Busby as well, just because you don't like the way he goes about his business. And people always get confused. I mean, lawyers can't just bring, they can't uh, assist a client in filing, you know, completely f- falsities in, in a court of law. You know, you're, you're... That's how you lose your license. Right. I mean, this is all against <laughs> penalties of perjury. I mean, you're... you're ta- of course, and absolutely, there there is bars that are... That your license, of course, his license in Texas would be on the line if the Texas bar had an issue with the way Tony Busby was practicing law. And there's absolute recourse for that if, in fact, he is doing something unethical. Attorneys absolutely get disciplined all the time and do get disbarred in extreme cases as well. So. Right now, it appears that everything Tony Busby is doing is at least above the board in terms of the Texas bar. We haven't heard any of that coming out of Texas. All right, we transition now to the football side of this conversation, though, Chris Carlin, because Deshaun Watson's contract has come during the midst of all of this controversy to the tune of $230 million guaranteed. Lamar Jackson is coming up on the last year of his deal. It is highly unusual that a quarterback enters the last year of a rookie deal and hasn't signed an extension. It is pretty unbelievable that Lamar Jackson has not yet signed an extension. And here we are. But now $230 million has reset the market. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm asking for more than that. Uh, And why wouldn't you? You're an MVP. You're somebody that handles yourself the right way. And this, for so many owners around the league, was just the worst thing that could possibly happen. And when you are, you know, the Haslams, and you're walking into Palm Beach at the Breakers this week, you know, which I think is still it's it's is it still legal to wear white after Labor Day at the Breakers? It's I think Florida. it is. In Palm Beach, it's always legal to wear white. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're wearing you're walking in in your nice little white uh, you know linen suit, getting ready for a couple of days, and everybody's giving you the skunk eye because you just handed out two hundred thirty million guaranteed, let alone who you gave it to and everything that that uh, Deshaun Watson is facing. But now you have completely reset the market. So in a couple of different ways, this is bad. If you don't think it isn't, listen to Steve Bishotti, the Ravens owner this week at the meetings. It's like, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. I don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. Um, to me, that's something that that is groundbreaking, and it'll make negotiations harder with others, but it doesn't necessarily 
mean that we have to play that game. Yeah, and it's going to make it a lot harder with Lamar Jackson. And he was not saying that Lamar should have been the first guy to get that because of his style of play. You don't want to guarantee that kind of money to a guy who's so electrifying but at any moment can take a bad hit. But now, explain to me how Lamar Jackson isn't going to get that money. You heard Bashadi say there that this doesn't necessarily mean that we have to play this game. And unfortunately, Bashadi, it does actually. Kind of does. Kind of does mean you're about to have to play that game. Because not only does Lamar Jackson not have the character questions that uh, Deshaun Watson very obviously has because of all the pending legal troubles. But my argument, if I'm Lamar Jackson, to your point, yes, dual threat quarterback. So is Deshaun Watson. And if you're Lamar Jackson, you go in there and you say, you know what? Fine. I do play with that style, but anybody could get hit on any play. Any quarterback in the league, even a a total pocket passer could absolutely get hit and his career could be over. But we never really see it at that position. And we certainly don't see it often at that position. I have won an MVP. That's not something Deshaun Watson has done you owe me this money. And and that's exactly the position I'm taking if I'm Lamar Jackson. His patience has paid off in a huge way because of this contract. This contract looks awful because Deshaun Watson got this contract in the midst of all of these legal woes. But frankly, these owners would have been very upset about these this contract no matter what time it came because $230 million guaranteed not even taking into consideration all the off the field stuff, even if we're just focusing on the field, that is a contract that will have completely reset the market in a way that we've never seen in NFL history. It's going to have far reaching ramifications, not just for Lamar Jackson, but Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are about to want to get paid as well after one more season. Cause they're going to want their rookie extensions as well. But right now it's Lamar Jackson's uh, it's Lamar Jackson's ball game and Bashadi's about to have to play it. And that tweet from Lamar that says, hey, I love the Ravens. I don't know where all this false narrative is coming out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. No, no, no. Stop trying to read my mind. In other words, eh, I don't want to leave. You can just give me all the money. I don't want to leave. Which, again, Lamar, not the best negotiating tactic, buddy. Don't don't go ahead See, and put actually, that out. Let's I, pretend like you might maybe you want to leave if they don't cough up to I actually don't million. hate it. I actually don't hate it, though, because – it does set up a little bit of the Ravens looking like the bad guys. Well, that's exactly, and maybe that is his strategy. Maybe he's saying, hey, fans, I, I love you all. I-, I wanted to stay. They just wouldn't pay me the 250 guaranteed that I wanted. Coming up next, what is the main reason for the Lakers' struggles this season? We'll go back to the NBA. That's next. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin. ESPN Radio. Los Angeles Lakers are sitting outside the playoff hunt looking in right now, Chris Carlin. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. The Los Angeles Lakers are sitting in the 11th spot in the West. Uh, The Spurs are at the 10th. They are both tied at 31 and 44 on the season. But things have not been going well for L.A., LeBron didn't play last night. Anthony Davis never plays, so you can guess what his status was last night as well. And now we might be facing LeBron being absent even longer. We're having conversations about whether the Lakers should shut LeBron down at this point. Chris Carlin, where do the Lakers go from here? What is the point 
at the point that we're at in the Lakers season, especially if we're not going to get a healthy AD back? The logical move is to shut him down and to start trying to retool for next year. But the problem is they are so remarkably limited with what they can do for next year. It's not like these things are easy fixes. And you know that Westbrook is going to opt into a $47 million contract. Why wouldn't he? Now, the other problem is this. LeBron, as much as we can knock him for being a bad GM, we can never knock him for being a competitor, and we have seen what that has been all about this season. You could have made the argument that if the Lakers actually get into the play-in and get into the playoffs – It's among one of his greater achievements, especially at this junction of his career. I don't ever see LeBron just wanting to shut it down. Like we can, we can talk about it all we want, but what are, who are all of the decisions ultimately up to him, you know, and and nobody, he's making the decisions on who his teammates are. He's making the decisions on who the coach is going to be. He's making all of these decisions. He's never, at least to me, going to voluntarily decide, okay, I'm done, and punt on the season. Like, that that's just not what he has been about, and it's going to be a bad look if he does that. Yeah, and it's going to be up to him, to your point, whether he gets shut down or not. LeBron controls everything, including whether he plays. I also think he's extra motivated this season because he wants to win that scoring title. And right now, Giannis did make some headway Last night, but right now it is a three-horse race with Joel Embiid, Giannis, and LeBron James. LeBron is averaging 30.1 points per game. Giannis is averaging 29.9 points per game. So is Joel. If Giannis was was able to finish the season and, and win in that category, him doing it at 37 years old would be absolutely remarkable. And it would be something that Michael Jordan did not do, and I think that's okay. the key. Like, I, I get that, but is that really it? Like, should that really be it? Oh, I, it shouldn't be. We should no. be talking about the Lakers wanting to win titles, LeBron wanting to win more titles, but that's where we're at with this team, and he knows it. And, and particularly if AD cannot come back out and get back out there and be healthy and contribute, LeBron cannot do this by himself. He, he's breaking his body down trying to do this by himself, as incredible as he has been this season. Although Om Young Masuk was on with us earlier and he said something really interesting when I asked him about AD. Was there any chance that we would see AD back? He actually thought there was. Here's Om. I think there's a good chance Anthony Davis is back uh, soon. And, uh, and then that, that to me is the last hope for the Lakers. That, you know, and, and, and it's sad to say this, but I think maybe they're looking at it like, okay, Anthony Davis can come back and give us some big boost. Unless it's Anthony Davis, who we saw in the bubble at the end there in the NBA Finals, kind of really just putting him, putting that team on his back and playing like a top five player that he can be. I, I just, it's hard to imagine that because he's been out for so long that he can just come back and just do that, um, especially with kind of just how discombobulated the rest of the Lakers have been. So, um, but I think that's their last gasp hope is that Anthony Davis will come back with, uh, with his shield and sword in hand on the white horse. See, what, here's what's funny about that to me, though. The whole reason the Lakers were able to win that championship was the fact that Anthony Davis got two months off, you know, and leading into playing in the bubble, and there were not the taxing 
traveling in between that was going on either. So that to that that's why the Lakers won that championship. Well, it's sort of LeBron. Everybody had time off, though. And, and yeah, LeBron yes, probably but, benefited from that as well, whereas we're seeing the opposite right now with LeBron. Like, maybe AD comes back rested because of this time, although him being out with an injury and him being out because of the pandemic seemed like two different things there. But LeBron now, we're at a point. I mean, we've got, what, six games left in the season. Yeah. We're at a point with LeBron where he can't even get out there because his ankle is so swollen. Look, he's if he's trying to get out there to win the, the scoring title, like – then, then I'm like, shut it down. Like, w- seriously, w- winning the scoring title by a tenth of a point over Giannis in a season where your team has been god-awful because Michael Jordan never did it at age 37. Dude, get a life at that point. Is it get a life? Or, are we, or will we be talking about it till the end of time, whether that uh, catapults him above uh, Jordan in the conversation of LeBron uh, or Michael Jordan? Tune see, in this summer I... when we have nothing else to talk about. Don't worry. I'm sure we'll be having that conversation. Another reason, though, that he may want to get back out there, or certainly that the Lakers want to make sure that he doesn't get shut down this season, is what happens here with the future of the Los Angeles Lakers. Brian Windhorse, he was on get up and he said that a lot depends on what happens this season in terms of the future of LeBron. They are going to have to hit a home run in free agency with very limited dollars. They are going to have to hit some sort of Russell Westbrook trade. And I'm not sure that Rob Polinka has demonstrated that he's going to be able to do it. The big thing here is in August, LeBron is eligible to sign a contract extension. So he will evaluate the moves in June and July. They don't have a draft pick. That's out the window. He will evaluate the moves in June and July and then extend or not. So if they take the summer off, Chris Carlin, they're still going to have all the attention and the headlines and the pressure this summer. It's not going to be a relaxing summer for the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron's going to be looking at everything that happens here very closely. Why do I have the vision of LeBron walking away from the Staples Center with it in flames Mm -hmm. on his way out of town? Well, that's what he does. That's what he does to franchises (laughs) when he leaves them. I mean, huge credit to the Cavs for what they've done this season. This is our first big bounce-back season without LeBron. And if you talk to people in Cleveland, they say that this run with the Cavs almost feels better because – they're doing it without LeBron for the first time in all of these years and over, you know, in a decade and a half. And for them to not be reliant on him, there's something sweet about that. I can tell you as a Miami Heat fan, it felt very good playing him in an NBA Finals because we were back and we were back without him. We we didn't let him completely catapult the con, the uh the organization, although he did for a little bit, like he always does for a little bit when he leaves, because that's what you give up in order to get LeBron. And, and I want to correct myself. It is the crypto.com center it is. now, yes. as I've been get told, that right. it's not the staple set. Either way, it's going to be torched on his way out. Either way. Can you torch crypto? I think it's all online. I, I don't even know what I, I'm still trying to figure out the whole thing. Never sounded younger. Chris Carlin coming yeah. up next. A very young NBA team, speaking of young, the Memphis Grizzlies. They know what crypto is. Are they a legit title contender? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We've talked a lot about the Los Angeles Lakers on today's show, even a little Los Angeles Clippers. But let's talk about the rest of the Western Conference as well. Let's do some contenders or pretenders. It is a Shannon Penn special, so let's bring in our producer, Shannon Penn. All right, let's uh, let's try to 
A navigate hot on the music. A little yeah. hot. Yeah. A little hot. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jerry. Wow. Okay. Coming in hot. Jerry's just trying to set the tone. Th- coming in hot is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> Time for Shannon to get his. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's navigate through the muck that is the Western Conference. I'll give you a team. You guys gotta tell me whether or not they're a are legitimate contender or pretender to come out of said conference. Here we go. Amber, I will start with you. The Memphis Grizzlies, are they contenders or pretenders? Oh, man. Uh, I still think, but I do this very tentatively now, I still think the Grizzlies are pretenders in terms of actual NBA title contenders here. However, I don't want to take anything away from what the Grizz have done. And it is a little confusing to me how well they've done here without Jaw. Because Jaw is, by the way, ruled out tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. It doesn't feel like we're going to see Jaw Moran for the rest of the regular season. But they're, what, 17-2 and two now without their star? I'd call Jaw Moran at this point a superstar in the league. He's well on his way to that. He's unbelievable. I don't know what to make of how good his team is without him this is a very fun young team I think that they are going to be contenders I just think that they're too young it's a little too young and fun right now Chris Carlin and in the postseason experience matters I just think that we're going to see some cracks there once we get into the playoff basketball come on they are not contenders yet they're on the way this is you know what it is it's a preliminary big year it's a break onto the scene type year but we're not there yet for championship contention and getting to the top of the Western Conference in terms of winning it in the postseason yet. We are not there yet. I do not anticipate an early arrival in the finals. I do love what they're doing, and it's hard not to get excited about what the future holds. Having said that, no, no, we're a year off from that being the case. All right, let's move on to another team that can make the case of – that no one is talking about them. Chris Carlin, are the Dallas Mavericks a Western Conference contender or pretender? Nobody's talking about them because they're a pretender, okay? And they're not a contender because, yes, Luka's great, but then we have quite the fall-off to Spencer Dinwiddie. And I know, I know Spencer Dinwiddie's had a nice season, but come on, I, I can't take the Dallas Mavericks seriously quite yet when it comes to the Western Conference. They're a nice team with one superstar, but it's not like he has the full supporting cast that, say, Giannis has as a superstar and a nice supporting cast. Come on, Spencer Dinwiddie hit the game winner like a week and a half ago against his whole team, right? Good for him. Clutch Dinwiddie. Uh, Yeah, they're pretenders. I mean, this this isn't even a conversation for me. They're a jump-shooting team. They're a nice team. They have a really easy schedule here down the stretch. So they'll probably uh, finish here with some pretty good positioning, and I know they own a couple tiebreakers. They'll probably finish with some pretty good positioning here in the West, but I'm just not giving that. I don't have any confidence in that team because of what Chris said, sort of just a lack of talent beyond their superstar. I don't have much confidence that they could actually – Contend with the Phoenix Suns, who I know you, I noticed you haven't yet mentioned, Shannon Penn. Are they coming up next? I mean, they are the top seed in the West, so I kind of left them off because I'd imagine we would all agree that they are a Pretender. contender. No, I'm just kidding. Well, speaking <laughs> of the Phoenix Suns, the NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Warriors host the Suns. Ooh, presented by Indeed. 
coverage begins at 9.30 Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Look at what you did Do I have to read that again, or you got it? Now you can just delete that. Amber Wilson, speaking of the Warriors, (laughs) are the Golden State Warriors contenders or pretenders in the Western Conference? Uh, uh, They're contenders if everyone's healthy, I suppose, right? But that's been a huge problem. So I'm going to say that they are pretenders. Uh, They haven't looked good, of course, without stuff, uh, stuff with that with that foot injury, they've had problems with Draymond. He just hasn't looked like Draymond coming back from that disc injury. I, I don't really believe in this team because I don't believe in their health. And I know that says something when we're talking about the Warriors, but I feel like with the Warriors, we're all living for five years ago and we're very far removed, even though some of the names sound the same. Yeah, some of the names are the same. And for that reason, I'm going to say they're contenders. If they're on the court yes they are absolutely contenders and maybe it's naive of me to expect that to be the case but i expect that to be the case i am calling the warriors contenders because it's hard for me to imagine that draymond green and clay thompson and steph are not going to be on the floor once the playoffs start all righty let's move on to another team in a western conference seems like a disgruntled star right now donovan mitchell but Chris Carlin, I'll ask you, Utah Jazz, contenders or pretenders in the West? Really? You almost insult me with this question. They are pretenders. They blow a 25-point lead last night to the Clippers, and Donovan Mitchell, after the game, says, I don't even know what to say. It's the same blank. It's the same blank as last year. That, to me, sounds like somebody trying to get out of town and trying to get to New York. Donovan Mitchell, see you later. Why is everyone trying to get to New York? That's what we're doing. What just happened? Okay, we don't even have enough time for me to unpack what Chris Carlin just did. Of course, he wants to be. Everybody wants to be in New York. Jaws going to New York. Zion's going to New York. Everybody's He's going to New York. He's from here. Oh, come on. His uh, father uh, works Nobody goes to Mets. New York, Chris Carlin, but that's a, that's a conversation for a different day. The Jazz are the Jazz, and so we're going to have the conversation. They look like a good team in the regular season. They still have the league's what third best point differential per 100 possessions. They have a lot of fancy stats on the side of the Utah Jazz. Mitchell's a fabulous player. However, they're the Utah Jazz. They're the team that we always talk about how, oh, this is a great team in the regular season. They never make any sort of impact in the postseason. They're total pretenders. I'm not believing in a team with Hassan Whiteside on the roster. Wow, spoken like a true Miami. Oh, that sounds like somebody who's bitter. Yeah. Oh, somebody's sitting in the bitter barn. All right, last is Come on outside least. and play. One more team here. Amber, we'll start with you looking at Western Conference contenders or pretenders, the Denver Nuggets. What say you, Amber, contenders or pretenders? I say you that uh, Jokic could win the MVP <laughs> is what I say, that he probably should win it based on all of the metrics. But I also say you that they are pretenders in, tor- in terms of uh, an actual competitor for an NBA title. I don't want to take anything away from what he has done this season. We saw what he did last season as well. Uh, they are a team that would it absolutely floor me if the Nuggets got hot in the postseason because of the greatness of him and were able to actually contend with the Suns? No. However, I don't expect it to happen. By the way, I think I've made every single person that Shannon has thrown at us a pretender Chris Carlin and I'm realizing I'm pretty sure the only real contender is the Suns in the West I guess that's what I'm doing here yeah listen I I'm gonna give the Nuggets the benefit of the doubt because of the weakness of the West and you know 
it's just it's impossible to overlook what's gone on with Jokic this season. It, it's been remarkable. And when I, I sit there and I wonder if the Nuggets can actually do something uh, given Jamal Murray's situation and the fact that he's, you know, as last check, not close, I, I really shouldn't, right? I really should rule them out. But because this player has been so special this season, I can't do it quite yet. Anybody who has that special of a player on their team, there's always a chance. I just don't think any of us expect it to really happen. So the West appears to be very lopsided in the in the eyes of both Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin. We'll find out. Well, that was kind of a fruitless exercise, wasn't it? Oh, well, I guess it was. Uh, blame Shannon Penn, but he loves contender pretender. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll do it all. I'm sure we'll do it again in like another week. So tune I mean, in for I'd that. I'd love the responses, by the way, of what say you? I say you. <laughs> <laughs> 1940 up in here nice. coming up next what okay. say you what the heck the home run derby x what is that we'll unpack that next this is espn radio espn radio it's rock chris carlin is set to perform for the first time since the oscars he's performing tonight i believe in the city of chicago boston Boston. Oh, Boston. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Sorry, Boston. He's performing tonight in the city of Boston, uh, a stand-up tour that Chris Rock is continuing on with. And, of course, we all know what happened to Chris Rock at the Oscars. But what's funny is what's happened to the ticket price here for Chris Rock's shows. They have quintupled since he got slapped by Will Smith on stage live during the Academy Awards are you surprised that this has actually helped, that getting slapped on national television by Will Smith has helped Chris Rock's career? Okay, but has it helped Chris Rock or has it helped the secondary ticket market? Well, that's true. I don't know how much yeah. of that is benefiting Chris Rock directly. No, it's say, certainly making the yeah. ticket for Chris Rock exponentially more expensive. Obviously, the demand there has increased a lot in terms of wanting to see Chris Rock live. Right. I, I would say that, for him that prices just went up across the board for you for the future on any of your projects. Um, It could help you. Plus he handled himself the right way in every possible way that you could, but it is, it's like watching a car accident. You know, you can't help, but not look away and, and see what the situation is. But honestly, like, there is a huge part of me that would be incredibly excited if I had tickets tonight to go and see his stand-up. He, I live in New Jersey. He is at the Borgata in Atlantic City this weekend, and I went online the other day just to see what the secondary market holds. And literally five days ago, they were $45 to, just to get in. Now they're four hundred and fifty dollars oh, to get in. Oh my goodness! Just to get in. Wow, that is unbelievable. How the demand has changed quite literally overnight from that incident. He's on the Ego Death World Tour, uh, which is of course his stand-up tour that he is continuing tonight. He has yet to publicly address the incident. I think that's part of the draw here. If he starts speaking on it, then do people stop showing up? He obviously has to try to incorporate this, I guess, in his stand-up routine, but I would imagine he's also already written the stand-up routine because he was already on this tour before that event happened. Yeah, I I, I think that this is going to be a fascinating night. And you would 
really want to be there to just listen to his version of how it all went down. We also got the news today that the Academy Awards said that they asked Will Smith to leave after the incident and that he refused. I don't know who asked him or how they asked him, but apparently he stayed when he was asked. ESPN Radio. We are wrapping things up here on ESPN Radio Afternoons. Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin hanging out with you. We've had a lot of help on today's show. Shout out to Derek Bodner for joining us. He is the Sixers reporter for the Daily Six. He helped us unpack everything that's going wrong in Philadelphia. Ohm Young Masuk was on with us earlier as well, ESPN's NBA reporter. He got us up on all the news coming out of Clippers camp and the disaster that is the Los Angeles Lakers. But now, Chris. Chris Carlin, it is time to go three and out. After a 13-year-long career in the NFL, which is a heck of a career by anybody's standards, New Orleans Saints safety Malcolm Jenkins has announced that he is officially retiring from football. He was on with Barton Hahn earlier in the day. He talked about his Super Bowls. He was asked which one meant more to him, the Eagles or the Saints. Here's Malcolm Jenkins. When you're a part of a franchise, the, the first Super Bowl of any franchise, like what that means to that city, like we're talking about, you know, Philly and how long those people waited. And all, it's like New Orleans was the same exact thing. And those celebrations and what it means to people doesn't go away over time. So to me, it's a special place for me, for both cities, for both eras, and it means something different to me, you know, in both of those times. But I think if I had to pick one, I think the Philadelphia Super Bowl was best. It was against Tom Brady. It's, you know, the whole storyline of that season and that team was just something that took every ounce of me, <laughs> everything I had, every bit of focus, every bit of, you know, determination I put into that season and to, to come out on top meant, meant the world. He started out that bite giving us the cupcake answer, right? Mm-hmm. They both mean so much to me. The best I agree. The best is special to see. But then on the back end, he actually gave us a real answer. That the Eagles one meant more to him because it came against Tom Brady. I thought that was pretty cool. Shout out to Malcolm Jenkins for the honesty there. I was working in Philly for a couple of years when he was there. And stand-up guy, always there to answer the questions whenever things were not going right. Really enjoyed Malcolm Jenkins quite a bit as, uh, as an interview because we – on uh, the show I worked on, we had him on weekly, and I also uh, would say this: like he was smart in saying that because anybody on that Eagles Super Bowl team will always be able to make money in the city of Philadelphia for the rest of their lives. I think Malcolm Jenkins, frankly, would probably be able to make money in New Orleans as well. Uh, again, mm. a, a very a very long career by any NFL standards, thirteen years. So he has officially hung it up now at thirty four years old. Major League Baseball, they have announced a new home run derby. This one, Home Run Derby X. It is a global tour, Chris Carlin, and it's going to feature not current players, but former players. The global baseball tour is going to make stops in London, in Seoul, South Korea, and in Mexico City. It will feature uh, stars like Adrian Gonzalez and Nick Swisher on its lineup. Are you excited by the idea of watching the stars of baseball's past go out there and slam that baseball once again. Yeah, Adrian Gonzalez couldn't hit batting practice when he was still <laughs> playing at the very end, so I don't know there's a whole lot left. Respectfully. Respect, right. Well, you have to say respectfully. respectfully. 
respectfully. Yeah, that, that always um, that um, always helps. The competition is going to take place on a reduced version of a baseball field, so maybe yeah. they'll make it a little bit easier here. A uh, home plate will be mounted on a stage and a pitcher's mound on a podium with a field of play designed to fit within a range of environments from festival sites to stadiums. What? Yes. You heard me right. This sounds like setting up a speed pitch. Hitters, <laughs> well, hitters will get to swing at 25 pitches. They'll get to take up to 10 of them with the opportunity to earn points by hitting targets placed 160 feet from home plate and two beyond the outfield fences. I could, I, I could not be less interested in this. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I need to see what it looks like before I'm, I'm going to get nuts. It kind of feels like something we would have done during the pandemic, like when we had the televised game of horse <laughs> during the pandemic. Remember that? Yes. I, and honestly, I loved that. So maybe I shouldn't be so I did quick too, to judge So maybe this. I shouldn't speak so soon about it. I hosted a television show many, many, many years ago called The Players Club, where it was a bunch of former Major League Baseball, but Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers who were doing, taking place in a variety of sports, but we were doing like go-karts and stuff. And it was, it was interesting. They were playing golf. They were doing it. I just don't know if I want to see guys from baseball's past actually play baseball because it's not going to look the same. It's different when you're competing in a different realm, but it's not going to look the same here. Here's what it sounds like. Traveling old timers day. That's what, it, that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's going to feel a little bit like that. All right. Finally here, I mentioned it. Uh, if you got the opportunity through your affiliate to listen to our two-minute segment there where we mentioned that Will Smith, apparently, according to the Academy Awards, was asked to leave the Oscars. The Academy begins disciplinary proceedings against Will Smith. Apparently, he refused to leave the ceremony when he was asked to leave the ceremony, man, Will Smith has some serious power, Chris Carlin. Yeah, see, that's garbage on his part, though, because in that moment, he's thinking about him winning the Academy Award, and I understand that, but you just made this massive mistake, and, and you're taking away from others at that point with their night. Three and Out brought to you by Indeed. Attract, interview, and hire at Indeed.com slash credit. I got a problem with it. Uh, pros Pro there hit, hitting that. Thank you for hitting that sponsor there. Also a Pros Pro coming up next, Spain and Fitz.